Welcome in. It is another edition of the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Very special guest this week as we, uh, Dave and I have gone through a, a large chunk of the national media this year and we wanted to add another distinguished member of the <laughs> national media into this, this show. So we uh, we dialed up, we, we called our friend Pete Thamel and we said, Pete, we need to get Dan Wetzel on the show. Pete said, absolutely. We reached out, Dan graciously accepted, and now he is here. So welcome in from Yahoo.com, Dan Wetzel. Dan, the College Football Inquirer podcast is outstanding, and we are glad to have you on. Well, thank you for having me on. Distinguished, I don't know, but uh, we'll take <laughs> what we can get. We'll take what we can get. All right, this is where Dave takes over. So Dave, Dave has been looking forward to speaking with you. So I will let Dave oh, take over the master of ceremonies here. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I'm sure Chad will jump in here as well. Uh, absolutely, I, I don't stay quiet long. I just kind of wanted to just start off with, you know, obviously you see in the college football playoff coming into the season, a lot of expectations, but also knowing the dynamics that will be playing against them at what point in the season did you just kind of start taking their chances to make the playoff seriously and not just a passing interest or you know a cursory where you were like man this might actually happen when they you know the bracket <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so you know i i thought it was possible i thought it was worthy uh, the whole year. I mean, we talked, this was our discussion, our podcast and stories and all that on Yahoo. You know, I mean, Cincinnati had a shot, right? And and they had the two big games, both on the road. Indiana obviously looked like a, uh, you know, a circle the date kind of opponent um, coming off last year. So it was like, hey, could they do this? Um, and then obviously, you know, they beat Notre Dame. And it was like, all right, like, what are they going to do with them? Now, when it started and they put them, uh, I was saying they had put Cincinnati in the friend zone of the uh, the committee. They, they liked them, but they weren't really going to, you know, they were only going to go to the homecoming dance or the prom if every other, uh, every, every other guy they liked more uh, wasn't available. Um, but as the season played out, uh, all the other, uh, all the other potential uh, prom dates fell apart, and uh, I, I thought if Oklahoma had won, Oklahoma State, I'm sorry, had won the Big Twelve, they would have gotten in over Cincinnati. I think the committee would have done that. I'm not saying they should have, but um, I, that, I felt the same way. I was 100 percent like, that's what they're gonna do. That's what they're gonna do. Everyone was like, "Wow, oh, they're in. Look at there were four. and it's like, I, you know, in 2015. Uh, and again, I don't know. I'm not saying this is this was wrong, but T TCU was third in the in the second to last poll, and I I went down there and, and TCU played at uh, noon, and Baylor played at eight, and Baylor was kind of in the mix too. So I covered both games for Yahoo, and the noon game, TCU beat Iowa State 55 to three. Now they're the third best team in the country. They went 55 to three and the next day they are ranked the sixth best team in the country. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now Ohio state is who ended up one of the teams that jumped them. They went on to win it. I'm not saying it was the wrong thing, but 
when you can go from third, when a group of people can say you're the third best team in the country, and then you beat someone 55 to three, Iowa State too. I mean, not that bad. Um, it, yeah, anything's possible. So I, I always thought it was possible. Then I thought, yeah, they're just not going to do it with these guys. But then it just chipped away. And then once Oklahoma State lost, I was like, this is it. I mean, who are they going to put in? The, the next best team was Notre Dame. And Notre they beat Notre Dame by what eleven or yeah, yeah eleven points in South Bend. So there was there was just nobody there was nobody left, and um, it shouldn't have to be that way. Uh, but that's you know it's sure it, it shouldn't take two years. You know I think that's one of the problems. It's like it's like a two year thing. We show how good we are one year, then we get everybody back. Like Michigan went two and four last year. Is anyone saying that you know they had to prove? themselves all now it doesn't matter what you did last year so shouldn't be this way but it was but obviously uh you know kind of got anticlimactic at the end there just was no way and right. uh great for cincinnati i think it's great for the sport it's great for cincinnati it's great for the american conference and, and the big 12 obviously going forward i i mean i'm all i'm all for it we've seen a lot of other teams take a, take a crack at, at at this and not get anywhere either so um, what's the, what's the risk? I just think it's great. We can be, you know, as fans, almost too close to the situation. And I know we appreciate it greatly. What is it like just from a national standpoint? Like is, is them getting in as a G five is them getting in as not a blue blood. Is that resonating from what you see, like on a national scale or people commenting to you? How, how is that? you know, dynamic work. Cause we're like, we're in it every single day and we understand because we've followed the team for so long, what it means, but is it truly getting the attention that you thought it would or more attention, less attention? Um, you know, it's such an unusual sport and you know, you have this long break. I mean, obviously it's, it's massive for, for the school um and massive for the program and keeping your coach and all those things but um i don't know if it's getting i'll say this if they play well against alabama it'll get it'll it'll the the amount of respect will double immediately even if it's just a, a good game college football is just odd i mean they they announce the things then we play all these exhibition games and then like a month later you actually play the semifinals it's like and it, it almost feels like oh that's finally happening and they're gonna play at 3 30 on a friday afternoon like <laughs> right not exactly no. like the build up it's... you're hoping for i mean the sport <laughs> is stupid it, it's fun it's great but it's like what are we doing here um it, you know doesn't really make any sense so i don't know if there's that that ultimate uh just like, oh, you made it. It's like, yeah, Cincinnati, great. I don't think that I haven't heard anybody be like, they don't deserve it. Uh, no, they deserve it, but let's see what you got. And so I think there's still a lot of proof to for, for Cincinnati. And if they keep this game or if they ever pull this upset off, then Cincinnati's gonna be the biggest thing in in sports. And that's really what you'll want is that chance. You know, we had you talk uh through the years, uh, you know, Urban Meyer had the team with the with the whole bunch of NFL talent, including Alex Smith at Utah, they go undefeated and they never got a chance to play. Um, they played Pitt in the uh, in like a Fiesta Bowl and crushed them. Never got their shot. Um, 
Gary Patterson and TCU won a Rose Bowl with Andy Dalton. You know, I mean, that's a 15 – well, you guys know Andy Dalton, but that's like a 15-year pro quarterback. That's a great quarterback. Um, Boise State obviously had a couple of them. They never got their chance. And you talk to those coaches. Chris Peterson obviously went on to Washington and made a playoff. They still sit around and, and go, well, I wonder, like, what if? What if we had had that shot? And they never know. And those are all coaches that went on to coach – at a higher level and have, you know, maybe better teams, maybe not, but know what it takes to beat the best. And, you know, when you take an Urban Meyer and he still regrets not getting that crack, um, it, it, it hurts and it's not great for the sport. So it's just a terrific opportunity for Cincinnati to be like, you know what, at least we're going to know. We're going to have our chance. We got, we want Bama. The, all right, everyone always holds a sign up. We want Bama. Here you go. <laughs> They're well, here. How fitting! How fitting is it that it is Bama? Yeah. Like it, 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 David isn't David if he doesn't slay Goliath. <laughs> That's true. You're not getting like a weak a weak uh, thing. So, like one of my things about when you know I, I'm a proponent of the expanded playoff in part because I think teams like Cincinnati every year somebody like that should have a, a shot. And one of my things that I think will make the the expanded playoff better for the sport overall is instead of getting thrown into just the lion's den of, okay, great, you made the playoff, now go play Bama on a neutral site. Bama, Bama has blown out everybody yeah. in, in that game, except for Ohio State the first year. But they generally win these games by three scores. So that's great, but it could, you know, Michigan State made a playoff, lost 38-0. to zero. It doesn't end with any excitement. When you have an expanded playoff, and obviously they may have a bye because Cincinnati got high enough. But let's say this: let's say they're playing a first round game. Let's say they're a five seed, okay, or something, and they're playing. In I don't know whoever's twelve in Nippert Stadium. They get I don't know Ole Miss or somebody to come up there, and they beat them at home on campus. The excitement of that victory and a victory at all, a playoff victory. You guys are Bengal fans, I'm sure. So I'm like, what would a playoff victory be like, right? You know, like last year, Cleveland Browns won a playoff game and the whole city goes crazy, right? They won yeah. one playoff game. That was it. Buffalo won. Uh, they made the, I think they won two. They two. won two, yeah. yeah. And everybody went crazy. It's like if you win a playoff game, it's like a sweet 16 in college basketball. You hang a banner for that. You have memories. There's, there's video of a field storming or some great thing that happened, not just a committee going, all right, Cincinnati, you're in there. And I just feel like the momentum that you can build off of a program with fans and boosters and recruits and everything, once you have that success. And so even though um, let's say uh, you're, you're a seed and you win that game and then you get thrown in against Alabama and you lose, it's not as bad because it's, it's, or it's, it's more of an exciting of a run. And so I think like that's the, the problem with this playoff. It's so small. It's like there's no – you don't have that big that big momentum. You also don't have – I think one of the problems Cincinnati season – this is how I saw it from afar. You guys tell me. But like they were so scared about style points. Like um, the goal line stand against SMU, right? That was Tulsa, SMU. Yeah. Tulsa, Tulsa, Tulsa. Tulsa, I'm yeah. sorry. Tulsa. SMU they beat yeah, – okay, my yeah. apologies. No, Tulsa – that is one of the greatest moments in Bearcat football history, right? Yeah, but I mean, eight, how, eight plays to is incredible to not score and, and give have a chance for a two point conversion to tie, and maybe your season's over. Then, I mean, but how many fans were like, "Oh no," because the style points? 
Oh, I mean, all of them. That's been like, you know, it sucks. Chad and I try to say, like, it doesn't matter until December, whatever it was, 5th. Like, tell me what happens December 5th, then I'll tell you if it mattered. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was all consuming, not winning by enough, style points, strength of schedule. Like, you know, here here was, here was my point with it, Dan. This was the frustrating part. I thought you're asking 18 and 18 to 22 year olds or, and Cincinnati's case was some of the, the six-year guys, 18 to 24-year-olds, you're asking them to be better than perfect. Right. Not not just perfect, which they did. You have to be better than perfect. How is that reasonable? Right. And in that day, just by winning, if you have a, a larger playoff and you there's no style points, it's win your league, that victory, that goal lines the two goal line stands yeah become this incredible moment of pure joy there's no oh but there's no asterisk on it there's no wonder about it's just holy crap we won the game and that's what you want and so it's like the the system drew some of the just thrill out of it now it's still obviously been a great season but I just think from afar, you look and go, God, you know, I remember being like, this is an amazing victory. This is an amazing victory to go down. So I, we're kind of off off topic, but it is it is the the challenge for Cincinnati is you've had this epic season, but then you're just thrown right into the or, you know, right into the hornet's nest. And it's like, okay, prove uh prove you belong. Uh and I, I think this is an unreasonable what people will say. Okay, they they belong, but prove you belong by beating Alabama. And it's like, well, Notre Dame couldn't do it last year. And Clemson couldn't do it two years before that. And Michigan state couldn't do it. And Washington couldn't do it. Like, do they have to all prove it too? You know, it's like, it's not Ohio state couldn't do it last year. Like, it's no, like, you shouldn't. You're in not a you, referendum on their, pro, on their programs when they get blown right, out. Right. It shouldn't be. And you shouldn't put it on these players. Like, well, yeah, well, and it's, it's, it's an annoyance, right? It's an annoyance where, at least in basketball, you 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 get your chance. And I just think as you build along and they, they get this thing sorted and organized better, like you look at like Baylor. I was there in a major conference, but it's not a historically great basketball program. Gonzaga. Gonzaga slowly made made NCAA tournaments and they made sweet 16s and they started beating, well, they beat Oregon State for a recruit, right? And all of a sudden they're beating the Pac-12. Now they get the number one recruit most you know, like two of the last three years. And nobody ever sits around and goes, oh, Gonzaga? What? Uh, I haven't proved it. Like, no, they proved it, and they slowly built. And a guy like Mark Few, who just never wants to leave Spokane, Washington, just builds a program. And if you have access to that playoff and access to growth, some of these guys can just sit there and say, hey, I'm making enough money, I got a great shot right here. And that could be Luke Fickle saying, I don't need to go somewhere else. I can do this right here. Because they spent two decades trying to get Mark Few to take every job on earth out of Gonzaga and he never has. And now he's got, you know, whatever, one of the top five programs in, in basketball. Cause he just said, that's all right. I'm in the West coast conference, but I have a chance. So um, it's a huge game. I think anybody who loves college football, if you're not an Alabama fan, you at least want this game to be close. If not, you know, that upset, it, it, it just, I just think if you're a college football fan, neutral fan, You'd be like, yeah, I really want, I want this to, I want this to go down a little wire at the very least. Nobody wants to see a typical Alabama thing, and and I think it will. I, I, you know, I think the fact that that 
This point spread has not moved off a 13 and a half. I thought it would. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here. Keep this thing a one score game and see. This isn't the Alabama team of last year. Still really, really good. And I think they're the favorite to win the national championship. But it's last year it was like, eh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know where the weakness is. Um here, yeah, you got you got yourself a chance. How excited are you to see Ahmad Gardner and Jamison Williams? Great matchup. They're gonna play a lot on Sundays against each other, and you know. Scouts are going to love it. Ahmad is, uh, uh, you know, they did a terrific job scouting him. Um, Detroit Martin Luther King brought him in, yep. uh, and he's turned into this, you know, just incredible cornerback. Uh, they didn't game. do it. Luke Fickle didn't think he was going to be. Luke Fickle said he thought too skinny. Maybe mm. in year three he's going to be ready to go. Yeah. Year so three. He had the nickname, three. though. Yeah. You got, oh. the, you got the nickname. You know that 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 should add a star to your name, just right there. No, yeah, no, he's tiny, he's tiny kid, but you know what? He's developed, and, and and this is one one of the reasons that I think Cincinnati has got a chance, and we'll see how that matchup goes, right? But right, you look at different, you look at different things. Do you have a quarterback? Oh, they got a quarterback, right? So they got, you know, they've got an experienced quarterback. Avoid the turnovers, avoid the really dumb plays, because that's how games get out of control. One of the things that that great teams can do, obviously, is the defensive line can overwhelm their offensive line. I think that's going to be a huge thing, especially as depth gets in. I mean, Alabama just keeps running in four or five star recruits. They got such depth; can they wear you down, wear down your offensive line? The other is just the big play. And if you do not have a corner that can cover the great receiver, you know it becomes a track meet and it's it's backbreaking. And that's that's been one of the struggles. Cincinnati has that, and that is a really big piece. It's better to have that great cornerback who maybe can 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 stop those long touchdown runs and make Alabama earn it than almost any other position if you're just going to have one star player on a team. I'd rather have that than a middle linebacker. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, yeah. So I think it'll be pretty interesting. Even though – Alabama has been pretty inconsistent, especially the last month or so of the season. Their performance against Georgia and then Nick Saban's track record in these semifinal games, I'm just going to assume that's the team we're going to see next week, and it's not going to revert to the Auburn game or the LSU game. What, from an Alabama standpoint, do you think poses the biggest problem for UC? I think it's the defensive line, and I think it's the defensive line depth. I think, I, I, you know, kind of just what I mentioned. Can they – you get into that second half. Um, you, you've got incredible depth of talent. You have great talent, and you have incredible depth of talent. And you've got every guy with his ears pinned back, everyone playing all out, month of prep huge stakes. There's nobody overlooking this game. Uh, Saban clearly knows how to get a team ready to play in the playoffs. Um, and so, and, and most, you know, the vast majority of these kids won, won two games last year. So this is their moment. One thing that happens at Alabama is, you know, to go there, you have to want that challenge. Not every, you have to be a, an elite athlete. 
Uh, but then you have to have, be an elite athlete that's willing to say, I'm going in this meat grinder because if I do what Nick Saban says, I have a very good chance of winning a national championship and or going to the league. And it's not for everybody because you're not going to start as a rookie. You're not going to have a lot of power. But if you look at their team, very few leave for the portal and they stay and they wait their two years and they battle and battle and battle. And then it's like, now's your moment. And, you know, so you have a kid, you take any of these guys, you know, they've just, they've, they've, they've sat. I mean, you, you weren't going to get your chance behind that loaded team last year. Well, now it's our turn. So that's a lot of confidence and a lot of, uh, a lot of talent. Um, that Alabama can bring to the table, and and they how, they certainly know how to do it. How, how fun is it that there is somebody that left? That's a major factor for the Cincinnati team. And Jerome Ford started a couple games at Bama, running back at Bama. That room, if you slide down two spots, you might not see the field at all in your time at Alabama. He came to Cincinnati, and he has been a home run hitter of the the highest magnitude. Yeah, well, that's a good that's a good point. And yes, there is there. I mean, there are some, but it's yeah. usually at that bottom of that depth chart, right? And, and especially at running back, like running yeah. back, there has, has been the one spot that's turned over because it's just once somebody becomes the bell cow, Saban says, "All right, yeah, you're the horse, let's go." Yeah, we're going to run you. This is, this is your chance. So, uh, yeah, he, I mean, look, can they move that ball? Can they run? It's, I mean, it's just can you control the ball? Can you control the clock? Can Ritter not make mistakes? Can Ritter run? You know, yeah. uh, we talked on our podcast. Pete, uh, Pete, uh, Thamel thought um, if Ritter could get a hundred, like 90, 100 yards on the ground, and he thinks Cincinnati wins. That's pretty interesting, kind of side note, right? Yeah. If he can do that, um, we haven't seen much from him this year. No. Running. Like it's kind of been a, a thing that they've tucked away. Maybe they tucked it away for a rainy day. Uh, and I thought that it's was been a, an Achilles heel for Saban. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's it's it, it, look. They this is a really nice team. They played they played Georgia really well. I don't think they're scared of anybody. You don't go beat Notre Dame by eleven like that. Um, Fickle's not scared. He's not scared of anything. It, so it's just it's just a matter of you know what what can you do? Can you make a play? Can you force a mistake? Which Alabama shows up? Look, if, if the Alabama that shows that that pounded Georgia shows up. They're going to win Nobody the game. Yeah, Nobody right. in the country's beaten that team. Nobody's beaten them. But this was a team that had three points in 59 minutes against Auburn and needed a, you know, a long again, uh, touchdown drive against the prevent defense to, to tie that game the week before. This is a team that didn't play great against LSU, the team that's been up and down all season. And so you go, I don't know. what If it's one of those teams, oh, yeah, Cincinnati can beat that. Uh, Cincinnati can beat that team. You know, so that it's 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 just an odd is it's a it's a weird thing. The two most consistent teams are the underdogs in this in these two yeah. finals, right? Georgia was very consistent until they weren't. Uh Michigan, I think you can totally know what they're bringing. They've been pretty much the exact same team every single week. Some games are closer than others, but for the most part, they've played really, really, really well. And the same thing with Cincinnati. It's it's virtually impossible to pull every single team on your schedule out. I mean, it's just it's really, really, it's just hard, right? At some point, it's just not going to happen. So um, I think you kind of know what Cincinnati's going to bring, but which Alabama is this? And can, can you force them into the mistakes that they tend not to make? 
how impressive is it to you that this isn't a gimmicky G5? This isn't, you know, we're we're spreading you out five wide and throwing it all. This Luke Fickle built a top five power five program at a group of five school. There's we had Jim Nagy on the podcast from the senior bowl, and they're looking at eight to ten draft picks on this team. Like, how impressive is that that he was able to do this in his first head coaching stop in five years? Like, this hasn't been a slow burn in year two. He won 11 games with a lot of these guys from the outside looking in. Is it like, wow, like that's what they did is very hard to do. Very, very hard. I mean, look, the, the spread, uh, the spread offense made up for a talent, uh, the talent gap. It helped close the talent gap for certain programs, whether it was Boise whether it was Texas Tech for a while there with Mike Leach. Sure. Um, you know, just all over. The spread, you know, Appalachian State can beat Michigan, those types of things. Is so that, But this isn't that, and that's kind of gone away. Everyone kind of knows how to – and it's this isn't, uh, you know, Navy just gashing into the Army, gashing into that with a wishbone or something like that. It's, it's straight up. This is how we're going to play. I think – you know, Fickle's such a tough guy, very good at recruiting, very good at finding players, uh, developing players, and you can get a long way with that. Generally, at some point, talent wins out in this thing, and, you know, five stars are five stars, and three stars are three stars, and six four receivers are better than 5'11 cornerback, and, and those things kind of go down, but uh, we'll see. I don't think any – there's no question – Luke Fickle is one of the best coaches in the country. Uh, he could have had all sorts of jobs if he had wanted. The fact that he's staying, uh, I mean, presumably it seems like this thing's all settled down, but he's staying is is massive. I think the recruiting momentum he can get off of this and going into the Big 12 um, and, and just the whole energy around Cincinnati. I mean, it's those visions of like Nippert just full and rocking and the crowds, I, I mean, it's just – you know, you guys obviously and everyone listening to this podcast know a lot better than me. I mean, it's odd, I'm not telling you anything you know, but it just it almost just seems impossible. He and can run like, this town if he wants to. Yeah, like he yeah. could be mayor. <laughs> yeah, probably can. I mean, he's 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 great, and so it's he's like, Huggins he, without the baggage. <laughs> Huggins without the baggage. <laughs> probably is. I don't know. Hugs Hugs got some good personality. You know, Hugs is great person. So, but Luke yeah. does like underneath it. Luke's got a. A dry wit about him, yeah, uh, you yeah. know. A, a, he likes to kind of bust your balls a little bit, and it, he he has all those like I live. Great under Ohio guy, stuff. yeah. I mean, he is Ohio to the core, and uh, yeah, no, I mean it's it's a it's a it's an incredible time, and the fact that the coach is staying, and everything goes on, and you have this dream season, and and you put it together, and it's like, look, let's. Let's go see what let's go see what the Bearcats can do. I mean, Cincinnati Bearcats are in the final four. It's amazing. We still have over a week till the game. I don't know how if I can make it that long. But uh yeah, I was talking to Chad. I'm like, what are we gonna talk about for four podcasts? We can't talk about the game, you know, right after the conference championship. We'll run out of stuff to talk about. This has been been ex- a little bit difficult, but I heard you on uh, the Stars Matter podcast with Ari and Mitch. You are into recruiting. Uh, what do you think 
just this moment coupled with the Big 12 announcement, not sure exactly when that's going to officially start, but how big of a jump do you – I mean, UC's already recruiting at a pretty high level, even for a, a you know autonomous five team. How much more jump do you think these things can, can really help them? Or is it maybe not as big of a deal as, as some might hope? I mean, I think there's still going to be some limitations. Okay? It's, you're not going to start beating Ohio State 50-50 for recruits in the state. Um, you got one year. They've got 80. Right. <laughs> so, as, <laughs> they got 100,000. You got – right. So, but the thing recruits care about are is winning, Right. Get into the um, league. Conference, yeah, get to the league. We'll get to that. A co- conference <laughs> affiliation is huge, right? Now you're in the Big 12. It's one less thing you can sit there and, and, and whack Cincinnati. Well, you know, playing highest level of football. Why are you going there? What Cincinnati needs to do is keep beating Michigan State for recruits and Purdue for recruits and, and Kentucky for a recruit and Pitt or something like that. They're not going to go head-to-head against Ohio State and win many recruiting battles. It's just not going to happen. That's fine. Can you beat those other guys and build up your program that way? Because there's tons of kids that can – you look how good Kentucky's got. You look how good Michigan State was when, when D'Antonio really had it rolling. Um, you know, there's plenty of those guys. Can you do that? And he said, hey, this is what we're doing, and I got, I got this coach, and I'm going to put 10 guys in the league this year. I mean, that draft day will have as big of an impact as anything. Um, yeah, that's because- like the last hurdle for us is they've won a bunch of games, they've recruited well, but now – after this April, they can go look at all these guys that we just got drafted that they've never, I mean, they've had good players drafted and, and had several guys picked in the same draft, but it's never going to be like it is with possible two first rounders, you know, possible several guys on the second and third round. I mean, it's a, just a totally different dynamic after this year. The amount of publicity that, that, Gardner and Ritter will bring in the pre-draft process, uh, run-up for Cincinnati will almost dwarf what they did in the season. Like ESPN spends months on this non-stop. And if you have a quarterback and you have top guys, like they're just the, they're just on all the time. There'll be a like, clip for the football program to cut up. Every single day to put on every day, and and every day on ESPN they'll be arguing about this, 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 and they'll just be on there talking about your guys. So what you don't want in recruiting is someone coming in saying, "Hey, well, I want to go to Cincinnati," and then having another coach say, "Well, that's fine, but you know they're not playing. You know, you should come and play at a a, the lower end of the Big Ten, the lower end of the ACC, because look who you're not even playing good good guys." And then these kids go, "All right, I'm going to do it." And, and they go play at a high at the major conference, even though it's not the best developmental system. Yeah, they right? get their teeth they get they get their teeth kicked in every week. Yeah, and 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 the coaching staff isn't that good, and all this stuff. And so you go, oh, all right. Now you can sit there and say, hey, look, we're, you take that off the table with the Big Twelve, and you you have access to play in the postseason. It's not one of those. You'll never play for a national title. Well, you're never playing for the national title. You go to Indiana either. But, right. But, uh, and you can sit there and say, I can get, you're just, you're just checking boxes. You can't sit there and say, oh, you can't develop me into a first rounder. Heck, I can't. I took a 145 pound kid from Detroit 
or whatever the heck he was. 160. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. No, he was, he was, I think he was 152 when he got here. Okay, 152 pound guy from Detroit, and here we are, right? So you check those boxes off. It's just one more thing. But are they going to just totally be this elite thing? No, but that's not what Cincinnati is. That's not what Cincinnati's about as a as a city, as a school, as a program. It's not what Luke Fickle's about. Like it's not about winning glamour or recruiting battles. Yeah, you'd like them, and maybe, maybe, but. Some kid in all those great high schools in, in Cincinnati and, and in Covington and all that sits there and says, I don't want to leave. I'll leave if Alabama comes in. I'll leave if Ohio State wants me or Notre Dame wants me, but I don't want to leave to go to Pitt. I want to leave to go to Michigan State or whatever. They stay. That's that's where you make that little grow. But, you know, Cincinnati's never – or I won't say never, but it, you're 10 years away from being a glamour thing. We talked earlier about Gonzaga, right? Now Gonzaga gets – right. Jalen Suggs from Minneapolis and Chet Holmgren from from Minneapolis. Two 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 top players from Minneapolis are going to, but that took a long time. But that you know, but it, it, you you can you can get better and better and better, and then it's just a matter of how long you get Luke Fickle to say, hey, look, this is where I want to be. You pay they pay him well, and he's not a guy that wants to bounce. Yeah, it's there's a, there's a tremendous potential to maintain this. As far as, and I know you, you know, you guys touch on this a lot. You wrote death, death to the BCS. When you wrote that, did you envision that this would be the next system where there's a four-team playoff, yet five power conferences? So someone's always getting left out. Yeah. I never, I never understood that part. I was like, for a bunch of smart guys, you are, you pinched one of you out every single year at least, and. And this is kind of the system we're we're in. You know, where do we where do you think we realistically go from here? Can it be done soon? Or are we, you know, unfortunately probably locked into that 2026 timeline because the alliance and none of these guys can can seem to get out of their own way and understand what's best for the sport. Yeah, you know, the problem. The, the inherent problem with college football and, and Stuart Mandel at the athletic, he, when he was at sports Illustrated, wrote this, he's like, nobody's in charge. It's like, you show up and go, who's running this thing. And they, there's nobody to point to. Um, Mike Sly. You know, Mike Sly and now Greg Sankey. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they got rivals, right? They're in, like, there's no Roger Goodell. It sure as heck isn't mm. Mark Emmert. I mean, there's nobody in charge. Like, who's running this sport? Um, well, we don't really have anybody. We have a lot of politics and this is what we've got in politics. They didn't – a lot of the people who – they had to create a playoff. There was so much money. There's so much demand from the public. Um, I mean, you consider last year, like, there's three 13-0. Like, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State were all 13-0, I think. Like, what do you uh, – I think they were all 13-0. Yeah, undefeated. Yeah. Like, that's, this is where we were at. People are like, go back to the old BC. How do you want to do that? And Notre which Dame. Which one of those 13 – yeah, and Notre Dame, right? Which, which team you want to leave out? Like, okay. Um, so, you, you know, you got to have this at least. But they, did, they didn't want to create a playoff. So they created a horrible playoff. Like, this, is, this doesn't make – like he said, doesn't make any sense. Someone's out. They didn't even think, oh, wait a second, Notre Dame got good. Now they're stealing spots. I mean, there's only two of their made – right? There's only two major conferences. Well, there's, there's – yeah, there's two in this one because you got two from the SEC, the Big Ten. Three leagues are out. Uh, so Cincinnati steals a spot this year. Notre Dame stolen a few spots. It, it, it's all messed up. This isn't what they want. 
they have to do something by 2026 because this agreement runs out, literally runs out. Like it's it's not like this is the system. When do we change it? It's a 12 year contract, so it's just going to end. So then they got to come up with something. My problem is they they have a good the 12 team playoff with the the first round on campus. They really should do the first two rounds on campus, but but they have to protect the bulls, Dan. Protect the bulls. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that next because uh, I don't know exactly. I don't really understand what they're protecting, but go uh, ahead. <laughs> graft is what they're protecting. Corruption, college football's <laughs> true passion. Um. The 12 team playoffs, six automatic bids, six at large. I mean, it, it, that's the plan, okay? Jack Swarbrook at Notre Dame, the, uh, you know, Mountain West, SEC, Big 12, sit down. They spend a year and a half analyzing every one of these things. Someone who wrote a couple books on it, you really get into like how these things work and you really start looking at it. They came up with a terrific plan. 12 teams is fine. I used to have a 16 team. In a different era, but now with less conferences and you give the first round by perfect. Great system. Everyone liked it. And then Oklahoma and Texas asked the SEC to co-join. And so the SEC took them and everyone got mad at the SEC. So now we got a fight. So now they're holding the playoff up. Which one of these conferences wouldn't have taken Oklahoma and Texas? This is what I want to know. It's like, you're mad. They didn't go to your conference. They didn't go to your conference. Not that they that this happened. They left, it's just right. they didn't go to you. So now, and then you have the ACC has a terrible television contract. So they, they have a, a, a very low-paying contract to 2037. Their goal is to somehow get Notre Dame to join their conference so they can renegotiate the deal. That's full-time in football. Notre Dame's not doing that, <laughs> especially not doing that if they get this playoff because Notre Dame now has access they're good. They're going to be in the playoff, and they're going to host a game. And that Jack Swarbrick saw the value of, hey, we will host if we host a game three out of four years. Notre Dame Stadium. Well, we're good, and we're beating somebody as the five seed, and the snow's falling over the Golden Dome. Like this is money. This is magic. This will be great for. Us. So now we have things like, well, we're trying to hold up this. We got a television, like all these other things have come into play instead of, hey, how do we design a postseason that actually works for this sport? That's the problem with college football, and that's why we have this and not. But they go, they have to do something, and the SEC is basically like, you're going to 12. We're not doing eight, okay? We're do, we want 12. And at this point, it's particularly by 2026, how do you say no? they got all the they got the teams, you know? So they're adding Texas and Oklahoma. They got a lot of might to them, and I think they'll end up doing that. So I think we're going to end up with twelve teams. We're going to have, and then it's well, do we have five power conference automatics and one extra, or do we have the top six? I mean, these this is, you know, I get the American doesn't want to be put into a bit where we're not a power five and all the branding, but. For the average fan, that is a distinction without a difference. Why do you think the Big Ten and the ACC seem to be the ones stonewalling this the most? It seems like the Big Ten is hell-bent on the five-plus-one automatic qualifiers plus the whole charade of protecting the Rose Bowl. And then I'm not even sure what the ACC's deal is because if it wasn't for Clemson, like they should be trying to get to a 12-team playoff as quick as possible too. I mean – yeah, look at their Wake Forest and in this. Right. So, I mean, like, I'm just not seeing what their 
their they they want stonewall to this. They're trying is. to get Notre Dame. They, they need they need to do something about their television contract that runs to 2037. So they're and, just hoping that the longer they push this off, the better maybe, chance they have. Maybe maybe Notre Dame join. I don't know. Yeah. Otherwise, you have new guy. It doesn't make any sense. Pitt. Well, like Pitt and Wake had these great. Michigan, yeah. The two best players in the Peach Bowl aren't playing. And yeah. it's now like a nothing game where if that was a playoff game, Kenny Pickett would play, Kenneth Walker would play, and it'd be a damn good game to watch. It'd be incredible. It's the and b- it would, biggest game in Pitt history. And, it would and now, be, it, now it, would it means be, nothing. And it would be at Pitt. Let's play that thing. Let's, let's look, If that thing gets sorted out, Pitt sits around and goes, how do we fill our – you know, they play at the Steelers, Heinz yeah. Field. Yeah, like how do we fill this thing? It'd be electric. It'd be an incredible night for both programs. Everyone would be fired up about this game. The ACC championship game between Wake and Pitt, everyone would have wanted to watch. It's a playoff playing game. It's a playoff game. Instead, it's who cares? And it was great moments for those two programs and those two schools and those two fan bases, which, you know, somewhat similar to Cincinnati, you're not sitting there going, oh, we're in every year, whatever, right? Like, it's like, oh, man, this is big. And this is our chance. And so it becomes this huge deal. And, yeah, you have this big playoff game. And it extends out big games to more places. And instead of having that, we have uh, a Chick-fil-A bowl that, that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an exhibition game for next year. Nobody cares. And the season, just those two guys, those two teams both had really good seasons, Pitt particularly. Michigan State's kind of fell apart, but it just sort of dies out at the end. And so it's like, this is a bad way to end the year if you're those schools. Instead, it's like, hey, this would have been amazing. Is Pitt or or Michigan State likely to win the national championship? No, but can they win that one game that that electrifies everything? I oh, think yeah. that's been the hang-up with a lot of the UC pushback is like, well, they're going to lose by 20. They can't win the national championship. Well, that's not really what it's designed it's not to what do. Playoffs are, playoffs are a business. They're a commodity. They're, they're a construct. The first round of the NBA playoffs uh, isn't about both all, all 16 teams having a chance to win the – the NBA yeah, Finals, sure. right? It's three games on TV every night. It's it's a cut. Yeah, it's games on TV. It's what it well, is. It's like they're putting a bowl game in between the playoffs and the national championship. Like, if that doesn't tell you what this is all about, like, right. who is watching LSU Kansas State on like January fourth in between the probably the me, but yeah, degenerates. <laughs> Probably like a million and a half people. Unless, game, right, but unless yeah. you have money on it. or, or Yeah, you know. and I'm fine with the bowls. It's like the NIT. It's like, hey, it's game's oh, on. Too. It's yeah. just like, can we oh, yeah. get the top end of this thing sorted out? I was, when I was a kid, I remember like we would, you sit down on January 1st, which is when these games should be. Okay, it should not be on New Year's Eve, particularly in the middle of the afternoon. Rose Bowl uh, parade, Dan. I know. It's all about the Rose Bowl parade. I mean, it's so <laughs> insane. Imagine live, you live in L.A. and you got to work. I mean, it's 1230 in the afternoon. On a work day, like you know, I, you drive the FedEx truck. You can't just get out of like. It's like, why are we playing a game on a work day? The biggest games of the year, but yet we have you know the uh, who knows what bowl going down at like eight o'clock every night this week, right? Prime right. time, and this game's yeah, at four, four, in the middle of the afternoon. Um, but yeah, you you you. Yeah, it's out. I can't even remember my point. It's a, it's it's, a, it's absurdity. <laughs> the whole thing's absurd. It's a terrible system, but here we are. I don't know. I I, I don't. 
you know, there, there are drawbacks. There are going to be drawbacks, this or that. But what we have right now is just this doesn't work. The players don't want to play in these bowl games. The, the top players and fans don't really want to go. How many like how many people are going to this game, the, 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 the Chick-fil-A Bowl or whatever? You're down to two, two big games, but then they're played at weird times. You could not invent a system this bizarre. And then I still remember back to when it first started, and do you remember those commercials where they made it like they made it sound like everyone was going to change their New Year's plans to yeah. watch football? Like they had all the celebrities at like the New <laughs> Year's Eve party, and hundreds of millions of people who've been doing New Year's the same way for how long are all of a sudden going to go? Yeah, I know you're having that usual party, buddy, but I'm going to stay home and watch these these playoff games. Like it's just it's such a just strange thing and. The New Year, the Rose Bowl parade. We can't possibly move the Rose Bowl off of New Year's Day, and it's it, none of it makes any sense. None. Yeah, they took on <laughs> the, the arrogance of the playoff committee was we will change the paradigm of New Year's Eve. That was their line. They took on alcohol, <laughs> undefeated, unbeaten. You guys don't want to drink and party on New Year's Eve. You want to sit around and watch football. Like there's no, there's no way. I was like, this is so dumb. This is so dumb, but this is where we're at. They can't, they can never get organized. No one's in charge. Here we are. It's the greatest sport. It's so much fun, but it's fun for the absurdity. And then, and then, like, you just take Cincinnati, right? One of the reasons college football is so much fun is because you have 130 teams, you have all these traditions, you have all these different clubs. Somebody can rise up and have this big season. I mean, look what we talked about. We're talking about Pitt, we're talking about Michigan State, we're talking, right? It's not always Alabama and all that stuff. But what they want to do is, like, they've tried to create a system that squashes all that, that fun. Right? Yeah. It's the only Let's get, sport. Get that out of here. Sport yeah. where, right here. We don't nobody, want that. Nobody wants – like, they they don't want the underdog to win. Right. Like, what? No, America loves the underdog. That's the whole point. Like, and, and what's so bad about having a good season somewhere else? No. We're like – they, they tried to design a system that said, Cincinnati, you're not allowed in ever. You can't have fun. We say you can't be good because you weren't good 50 years ago or 100 years ago when they created a conference. When land was being divided right, up. Right. You didn't get one of the land grant. Like you weren't found. They didn't carve out some land for you in 1855. Therefore, you can't be any good. They try to do it in basketball, too, because it's like it's got, you know, foot, they'll give the football leagues more spots. And it's like. You don't. I remember Perry Watson, this coach at University of Detroit Mercy, had a couple of really good teams, won a few games in the NCAA tournament a couple of different times. He used to go, You don't get points in a basketball game based because you have a 100,000 seat football stadium next to the basketball arena. That there are no <laughs> points. That is not in the rules of the game. The rules of the game do not give. You don't get extra points in football just because in, in 1902, 10 teams got together and created a, a league and said, Okay, you matter. Because yeah, if we were redoing this, yeah, there wouldn't be two schools in Mississippi, right? You wouldn't no. have it, right? It, you you would have spread the thing out. So it's, yeah, we don't want that fun. We don't want to play the games when the fans want to watch us. We don't want to have more really exciting games. We want to tell you who's good and who can't be. And we want to, you know, the powers that be want to see Cincinnati get curb stopped so they can all sit there and go, see, told you all along, you're never good enough to win the national championship. It's not always about winning the national championship. You think about the NCAA basketball March Madness. It's a three-part. 
it's a three-part play. The first weekend is just about crazy upsets, schools you never heard of, some kid with crazy hair or something, or like a bad mustache hitting some crazy shot and <laughs> goes down in lore. Then in the middle, it gets all sorted out. And then at the end, the big dogs play. Yeah. And it is a perfect entertainment product. Three weeks, everybody loves it. It electrifies a sport. It's not about anyone actually thinking that Maryland, Baltimore County can is going to be the number one team in the country, but they can beat the number one team in the country one time. That's it. And it's awesome. And only in college football would someone look at that incredible recipe and go, yeah, don't want it. But how cool is it that this is the chance? This is <laughs> right. Like that was, that was going to be my, next, on its my ear. next thought. Yeah. Like, let's just say the improbable happens. UC wins the national championship. Biggest. Is that the biggest? Forget that. Forget that. Just beat Bama. Beat, no, but beat, I mean. If they yeah. win it, yeah, it'll be the biggest thing but in college it, sports. Absolutely. Like history, college football history? Probably, because you have to earn it now. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, we were talking, AP, we talked on the uh, podcast about Michigan. not give you a title anymore. Michi- yeah, Michigan won the national title in 1997. Or 97, yeah. Right? And taking nothing from that team. They had Charles Woodson on the team. They had all sorts of great players. But they had to win the Big Ten. Without title, like their team did no that. title game. They no title game. You just win it. Just beat Ohio State. Then they played Washington State in the Rose Bowl. They won that game. They were national champs. Harbaugh's team had to win. Then they had to play Iowa, an extra game. And now they're going to probably sit there and go, "Okay, here's Georgia and Alabama." Right? Like it's way harder than when Bo Schembechler was the coach or Woody Hayes was the coach. Like Ryan, you know, like. 13 and 0 last year for Ryan Day. You go play whoever, what was, you know, Utah or something in the Rose Bowl last year. You go 14 and 0. You're getting a share of the national title. Yeah. Instead, it was like, okay, go beat Clemson and then go beat Alabama. And it's like, oh, like that's, it's so much harder now. So if Cincinnati does it, there's no like, that's, that is a more legit national championship. Than all those previous ones, even ones 10, 15 years ago. Because you would have, I mean, the likelihood is is, is Cincinnati would, to win the national championship would beat Alabama and then either Georgia, Georgia or, I mean, that's exactly what they do. Michigan would be, look, I don't know. Wild. So I don't know if you know this or not. This is the story not many people know. Luke Fickle's son went to Moeller, right? Yep. Do you know Moeller's colors? I do, right? Maize and blue. Do you know Moeller's logo? Big M. You know what Luke Rock Fickle? M. You know what Luke Fickle wouldn't wear? <laughs> you know what he didn't wear to his son's senior night? <laughs> there was no oh, blue be, and gold, no maize. It's like a proxy war, right? It's like oh, you got to come in like, and defend the honor of Ohio. What, does the, he call the, man, the, the man up has north? Block, Will he do that? He has a block yeah. O tattoo on his calf, like. There's no like you want to talk about frothing at the mouth to win a national championship. If that happened to be the matchup, man, that'd be ten days of a lot of fun. Well, it really would. It really <laughs> they, would. They don't like each like I. I don't know how much you were familiar with the James Hudson stuff when Michigan wouldn't sign off on Hudson right. getting a waiver. Right. Those two couldn't wait to get in the media and take jabs. Yeah, and for nothing more than they don't like, like 
Harbaugh likes nothing about Ohio State, and Luke Fickle represents Ohio State to him. Right. And Luke and Fickle both, doesn't like anything about Michigan. Yeah. And they wanted to fight. They wanted to fight in the media. Right. And they're the true, I mean, they're the true bit, right? Like they played at the schools. Right. Coached, right. You know, like Har, Harbaugh's, you know, he's Mr. Michigan, right? Played there. His dad was the coach there. He grew up in right. Ann Arbor. The whole thing, right? Played and for Shem Grew up in Columbus. Like, yeah. The whole thing. They, no, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be terrific. Um, but yeah, if, if Cincinnati were to win the national championship, there's no there's no little but like they've actually earned it in a way that nobody pre 2015 had earned it better. I mean, it's just when you got to win two of these games, and you've got to win, you know, and you've got to beat a, a, a you got to beat Houston in the in the conference title game. Like it's just it's a harder road now. So these to me are way more legitimate than what what there was. Let alone back in like. You know, Alabama claims like 14 national titles. Like, <laughs> when you they had two losses, <laughs> like, you know, 1944. Yeah. Like, like, what is that? That always cracked me up when, when, you know, the Blue Blood fans would give UCF fans shit for claiming their national oh, championship. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you guys claimed them back in the 40s and 50s just because you felt like it. Right. And they got them up on the thing. And, you know, I mean, I always. You know, I'm, I anything that happened before I don't know, like 1980. I really integration. Don't, integration, yeah. That that one always killed me. Like I'm pretty sure, like Walter Payton's 1974 Jackson State team. Walter was one of three Hall of Famers on the team. Yeah, he had Jackie good. Slater. Yeah, he had he had Jackie Slater, and he had um, Robert Brazil. Three Pro Football Hall of Famers on one team. The team had 22 NFL draft picks. Okay. I'm pretty sure that Jackson State would have kicked the hell out of a lot of all white schools in the South. They like, come on. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, how many all and it's like, well, we that that was just uh that's just swack football. That's just HBCU football. They weren't playing the real like what are you talking about? Walter Payton? He's gonna he's gonna annihilate you. Three Hall of Famers on one team. Yeah, just think how bad they would have beat the bad teams like in, in the, in the <laughs> yeah, SEC right. then. And they didn't go undefeated. They didn't win the league. Alcorn State beat them. That's how good that league was. So it's like, come on. Like, it's 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 crazy. So, yeah, the, those old titles and stuff. But, yeah, this if you can win, whoever wins it now, they earn it. I mean, you even take Alabama, okay, they're going to they, – they might have to beat Georgia twice. Right. Well, well they're, right? they're kind of they're kind of Georgia's daddy. If they, they if they do. if they play again, I mean, uh, it's a tough. That's a I tough feel one. bad for Georgia fans. They know it's coming. Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> I, I have to ask one two parter. One has this been one of the most fun seasons you've ever been a part of, just because of all the upheaval and chaos and topsy turvy, and it carried all the way through to the end with Oklahoma State missing the playoffs potentially by. Six inches that allows Cincinnati to get in. And then Georgia, the dominant team all year, gets dominated in the SEC title. And just the 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 ups and downs of this season makes it feel like it's been one of the most fun to watch unfold. Again, our view is probably skewed because we've been watching it from this lens. And two, how much better is it because of the podcast? Like because every week you like you got to come up with stuff to be entertaining. Oh, it's and... easy. That's easy. There's always something. There's I, I, always, I, there's always I, a pole assassin story. Everybody yeah, before the always... podcast, you didn't have that. Uh, yeah, that is true. But there was always something on the pod. But like, 
So uh, people who listen will are, are probably have already rolled their eyes like four times because I like conflated two different seasons. I think I said everyone <laughs> went 13 and 0 last year, which obviously didn't happen. I think it was two years before, whatever. Yeah. So I forget which years are great. I will say a couple things about this year that brought me what I will remember this this year about. One is last year was very unsatisfying because of COVID. I mean, you didn't have Ohio State, Michigan, yeah. you didn't have all these things. It was just it's a lot of what we're dealing with right now. And hopefully we make it through this thing. I mean, we've got three games that matter and cross our fingers. We can get everybody healthy and play the games and we're not missing a bunch of players and all that. We were looking at a forfeit national champion. Yeah, that that is absolutely bizarre when they laid that out. But it's like, yeah, I mean, you could literally have all four teams. How many Alabama fans do you think are trying to figure out a way to get the other teams COVID? Well, yeah, that I mean, they they poisoned trees once. Okay, right. they, they, we're not. I don't think they will yeah, Don't don't put it past them. That's what I mean. <laughs> well, I, can, I can say that as a Tennessee alum. So like you know, and it's not have, new in college football. One of the great trophies. I always love this one because you'll say college football has gone crazy. One of the great trophies in college football is the little brown jug between Michigan and Minnesota. I thought that you were going to say civil conflict. Well, there's. <laughs> There's also like the civil war. I mean, they used to call it a civil war between like yeah. normally Oregon. reasonable people in Oregon. Oregon, all Oregon yeah, I mean, it seems like a nice place. But the little brown jug was created because Michigan brought their own water in the jugs because they were worried. They suspected that Minnesota would poison their <laughs> sideline water. So they brought their own jugs, but then they left the little brown one. And then that became the thing. Whoever comes back, whoever wins, it gets the little brown jug. Right. Great church. But they literally thought they were going to get poisoned at a football game. Okay, so don't tell me it's any crazier now. We weren't trying to kill people. Auburn's we trees are like, yeah, yeah, the trees, the trees are trees. These are people. These are actual. <laughs> these are. Like I don't so. don't do that. I don't want. I don't need like the the you know. I don't the know. Arbor Society. The Arbor Society. Yeah, the PETA of Arbor or whatever. The trees are, are we you know dearly departed. But. um no, and so I don't know where the heck we were. Oh, so okay, the memory. Yeah, it was an unexpected season. Okay, to me, we're gonna get four teams at the end. It, it is watching Michigan rise up. Whether if you're a Michigan fan, not Michigan, maybe a lot of the State fans listen to this. If there are any, not not so excited about this rise, but it was unexpected, right? Harbaugh yeah. won two games last year. He had a ton to prove. They weren't even ranked in the. They were ranked, pool. and they, they put they, together. They dropped his contract. To, they to, dropped to his be contract able to and fire him. He's, he's only making $4 million and he's he's made it all back in incentives, and he's given it all away. Yeah. Given all of his incentive money. He can make $4 million in incentives and giving it all back to uh, people who work at the university who lost money during COVID because mm-hmm. they had to take, you know, 10% pay cuts, right? Great story. Hey, Aiden Hutchins is great, but it's somebody different. Okay, let's just say it's Ohio State at 13-0. Okay. Clemson. If it's just Clemson at 13-0, it's like, great. It's going to be good. It would have been fine. I love all that, but this is something different. And then Cincinnati's in there. And then Georgia looks like the Alabama looks shaky. Like, and then, but oh no, they're not, they ain't dead yet. And here they are. And now Georgia looks shaky. So at least it's been a a very interesting season with a lot of different, and and Championship Sunday was very exciting. Saturday was very exciting when often it isn't. Um, That, if you look back historically, that weekend is usually just a bunch of blowouts and nothing happened. Uh, So it was a very exciting day for that. And then I, I just like it's two new teams in the playoff. And two totally unexpected teams. I mean, Cincinnati probably still the most unexpected, just because they're coming out of the uh, uh, out of the American. But Michigan literally was unranked, 
with and everyone's bagging on Jim Harbaugh and they won two and after games. They like, lost to Michigan State. They were thought to be dead in the water. Thought to be dead, but I remember right after they were Harbaugh and I was I covered that game and 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 Hutchinson. They go, we still have everything in front of us, and you start and you think and you're like, yeah, actually. Yeah, but Actually, you just they assume do. that the, the streak against Ohio State would continue. You, right, right. But it was like, yeah, you do. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched the, I've watched that beat down enough times. But that w- I covered that game. That was one of the most fun games of the year. Just watching the Michigan players do something that they didn't think they could do. I think you know, watching those celebrations out of out of Cincinnati all year. It's I thought it's been a great season. But you also just remember how. You want that full chaos, the full weekend, college football everywhere that we didn't get in 2020, uh, we got in 2021, and hopefully we get through these next three games. If the if the Gator Bowl goes down, I'm you know I'm willing to <laughs> sacrifice a Gator Bowl, uh, a Tax Slayer Bowl, Sun Bowl, and, uh, you're out of here. Sun Bowl, yeah. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. I'm yeah, going to I'm trade sure, those. I'm sure Miami, Florida is not exactly do you know thrilled to go out to El Paso. So I, I have a feeling they're just like, yeah, yeah, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Symptoms. Symptoms. Self, All right. Self- two, two more things before we let you go. I'm guessing if I asked you to pick a winner, you would pick Alabama. So that's not the interesting question. Are you laying the points? Are you taking the points? So that is very interesting. Um, I don't. I. 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 I don't mean to like punt on this. I will probably take Bama and the points out of just the historic nature of they usually win this game. Big. Saban having a month. It's Saban having a month. Right. And he's got forty-three I mean, analysts. He's got one analyst for every player on Cincinnati's team. Like, <laughs> I mean, they had they had the thing break down. But I, but I have a lot of hesitation on it. I don't know that I'm going to do that. But just sometimes you outsmart yourself in college football, right? Yeah. And and you start going, it's like, well, but Bama has not been great against the spread. We're only seven and six against the spread this year. So there's a, there's a lot. I, I don't know. But like the word came out today, it's like, oh, uh, Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone on their staff yeah. both have COVID. Like, wait, so they have two NFL coaches. Just assistants. Just assistants. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> whatever. Like Marone coached two different teams. Like Bill, I mean, oh, and yeah. they were former Syracuse and Penn State head coaches. Bill O'Brien did a, a great, did a great job at Penn State, given the ridiculous circumstances. And now he's just, you know, now he's just chilling, calling plays for two for years ago, two, 2020 January. The Houston Texans had a twenty-four to zero lead <laughs> the on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and lost. And it all fell apart really quickly for Bill O'Brien. But yeah, it's like, oh yeah, we just have these guys. Like, oh uh, yeah, Marone's on the staff too. So, you know, who knows? Is that is that good or bad? I don't know. But it, the, the amount that's the that's it's it's, it's a tricky game to bet because there's so much about Cincinnati that I believe in this. Um but it's Alabama. But it's Alabama. I almost don't know if you just sit there and go, I'm going to go big and take Cincinnati in the money line. Like, if they're going to shock the world, they're going to pull it all off. Like, you know, just sit there and yeah, say, take a, take a taking hit. Cincinnati in the points doesn't, there's, there's no fun in that. It's not a lot of fun in it. And, and I just, I don't know. I feel like if Bama, like we said, if, 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 if the SEC title game Bama shows up, they're going to cover. Yeah. If they don't, they can get beat. 
Second, I was told to ask you about the story about the lynx on the plane. The cat. Oh, the cat. Yeah. The one the, the video that just came yeah. out. That was fake. That That's, was that yeah, was that was fake. fake. Okay. I didn't know like the video is fake. The story is real. The story is real, though. There was a there was a woman. It wasn't a lynx. She was, uh, well, I don't have it right in front of me, but we did do it on our podcast. We do a lot of news of the weird from she Detroit, was, right? It happened in at the I Detroit don't airport. I don't, no, I don't know. It was, no. was on the flight. She was right. I, is this like a family podcast? Like I don't know where. Not really. You can say whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, we so she a was. Lot. She had a cat, and she was uh, breastfeeding her cat on the plane. Which uh, some of the other her fellow travelers took an <laughs> issue with, shall we say? I can't see why. I would alert. I would also alert the flight attendant on. I don't, where, I'm not. Where a, I'm is not, the where's the marshal? The the, the yeah. federal marshal on the plane. I'm not normally going to narc out the other passengers on like a little something. You know, they're breaking a little rule here. There, seatbelt. Seatbelt sign says. Uh, to be <laughs> right? on. I'm not. That's not going to be me. But you start. You start breastfeeding a cat in my row. <laughs> We're gonna call, we, we're got, gonna bring, we got some problems. We're gonna bring in the authorities. Everybody needs some... to find the video though, because it's fake, but it's very it's funny. very funny. It's very funny, but it is there's no way that's that's uh <laughs> but I, the the mere fact there are people out there doing fake videos over a lactating woman with a cat. It's I don't know. It was a lynx. It's it was not a, a lynx. cat, it's not a, a cat, it was a lynx, yeah. <laughs> They're not the same thing. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> Or what uh, are you covering any games? I well, we're we're trying to figure this out because right now the games are now media access has gone uh, like virtual, right? Virtual. So Pete Pete uh, Pete Thamel will be at the uh, uh, Cincinnati Alabama game, and then I think I I don't, I don't we're not, we're trying to figure it out. We just did our, we just taped our podcast and it was like, we're sitting there going, so what's like, are we going to have game? You know, it feels very March, 2020, where you're like, uh, you know, they can't shut down the NCAA March Madness. And it's like, oh yeah, they can. You you want to hear a great story about that, Dan? Sure. That day, the day that everything died, (laughs) we had a radio remote at a sports book in a casino. And by the time we went on the air, there was nothing to gamble on. Like, <laughs> like the sports book, literally, like the, the people that worked, it was like, what are we going to, are, are there, is there going to be horse racing? Or are, are, what, it, there's going to be no gambling? Where is were the you, casino going to have to shut down? Yeah, we were in Indiana. Yeah. Aurora. Michigan and it was like. started their sports wagering that week. Oh, uh, so they had waited, you know, they had gone through all the legislative process. I think Ohio's just doing it now, right? Like, yeah. It could just become legal. Yeah. yeah and like, so we're I know a- we're hoping April could be yeah. not till the beginning of 2020. Yeah. It's, it, it's such a weird thing. And then it takes a little while longer. It's always, but, uh, yeah. So they, you know, so everyone's excited and, and the casinos like they're scrambling and creating a sports book and expecting yeah. a huge crowd for, for, for basketball. And uh, yeah, no. And then there's nothing, so it's like you you worked and waited years on this process, yeah. and then uh, like you're like, well, nothing can stop us now. <laughs> oh, yeah, <Nope. laughs> and people are betting on Korean baseball. Hi, yeah. and <laughs> So we we did three hours from the sports book that day. There was three of us looking at each other, going, "Well, yeah, talk about I COVID, got no- though. I, yeah. I got nothing." <laughs> well, I remember- we're going to go back to that level. I don't believe. 
but I don't you either. just you just want you know you just want you you don't want the uh so and so you know that well this star can't play or this guy you know right. I mean you want a fair game well, we just want these JT games Daniels and George Pickens are both in protocol of Georgia right you know and, and so like what does that mean it's supposed to be 10 days since they first so it's they're trying to relax that. yeah well that would take them through the 31st right but yeah well no 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 it was two days before i mean who knows what's going to go yeah, down I, I don't want to be like you know say that they're going to dance around this but like they're going to dance around <laughs> i feel like if texas a&m was playing in the cotton bowl they wouldn't have said that they were out nine days before the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would agree. I would agree. All right. We've kept you for an hour. You've been more than kind with your time. This was outstanding. And uh, we were looking forward to having you on, and you absolutely delivered. Appreciate hey, coming Dan, on. Uh, I love the Tell everybody about uh, the books you do for, with the, uh, the Sports Illustrated book. Uh, Epic Athletes. Yeah. yeah. Epic athletes. I write uh, – uh, kind of middle school age like third grade to eighth grade depending on your young readers uh reading level i guess uh, but uh they're all uh kind of those classic sports bios that i used to read about 100 pages long they're perfect for uh you know school school reports and you know they're they're manageable um we've got patrick mahomes tom brady Alex Morgan, Lionel Messi, LeBron. When's the James, Travis Kelsey book come out? Steph that Curry. Would be a good one. Yeah, I haven't done the Kelsey one yet. Uh, we got uh, who else? We got it's ten of them. Um, there we go. Kevin we got Durant. it up on the screen for you. Hey, look at that. There you go. Yeah, Ken, Zion. Not not probably not selling real well right now. <laughs> is that guy still? In the, <laughs> is he, is he, does he still play basketball? Yeah, he's in the. That was a tough bio to write, by the way. He plays. He's only played like fifty games, like in his whole yeah. career. Um, but like 11 year olds, uh, really like them, obviously Serena. And then they have Serena with 23 championships. Like try the difference between life of Serena Williams and Zion Williamson are slightly different, slightly same, different. same size book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the kids, kids like them. They've been fun. They've been fun. When you do the Kelsey one, we'll bring you back on Kelsey. All right. Are you, are you working on any? Not now? right now. We'll see. We'll see what's, what's popping. I think, uh, I think the Zion one scared off our public. <laughs> So Dan, I named my daughter Kelsey. Oh, that's how that's how much you. Uh, so but she's eleven, so it wasn't after Travis. Okay, it was after Jason. Oh, all right. So she has looked at pictures of Travis and Jason, and she has determined that she was not named after Jason. She was named after Travis, who was a freshman that didn't do anything really more than play a couple snaps of wildcat quarterback when she was named. I think you should just go with the, go with the legend, print the legend. What'd you go say? Kelsey? Named after Travis, not Jason. Travis, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, poor Jason, poor Jason. Jason's a legend in my world. I mean, when in this town, up, Jason's when a you legend. dress up as a mummer and slam beers, like that's, that's my legend. Has his own charms. Yep. <laughs> Kelsey brothers. I'll well, that's that. Here's the tip for the book. Here's the comparison between Jason and Travis. Jason grew up playing hockey. Travis okay. grew up playing basketball. There you go. And they are the epitome of those two things. Yeah, they're the perfect fit on those two sports. Well, All right, man. Year. Yeah. You can find him on Twitter at Dan Wetzel. You can find his, uh, it's at Dan Wetzel, right? Yep. Get at right? Dan Wetzel. Okay. You were the first one to get to that. 
First one. I was an early adapter. <laughs> and you can find his work at yahoo.com. The College Inquirer, College Football Inquirer podcast is phenomenal. Add it to your uh, your list. It is a must listen every week. It is really funny. It is really informative and it is incredibly entertaining. And Dan, thank you so much for joining us and taking out an hour of your time tonight. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, exciting to be uh, part of it. Cincinnati. Just awesome. Awesome story. So good luck. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's Dan Wetzel from yahoo.com. And uh, that was one that Dave was excited about. Dave was fired up when I said I would, I, I had gotten a hold of Pat and Pat had given me his information and Dave, I would say 1,000%, that man delivered. That was, that was great. great. Sorry, I'm slightly distracted right now. What was happening back there? Tennessee's up four with 21 seconds left. I thought they were killing them. They were, and then they stopped killing them. So so we're trying to salt this one away. <laughs> Who were they playing? Arizona. Oh, okay. That's okay. what I mean. I wouldn't Arizona's, been, really, Arizona's yeah. been really good this year. I think they're still undefeated, aren't they? Uh, I guess they're, not, they're number six. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. But they're pretty yeah. Good. So, but no, that was that was awesome. I mean, Dan Cup. Dan gets into a wide spectrum of the sport. So you know, I wanted to try to get him get his opinion on not just UC stuff. I mean, he's like you said, he's written multiple books about the BCS, the death of the BCS, the. He's very much into the inner workings of these conferences and why and why not they're able to figure this crap out. So wanted to definitely touch on, you know, a full college football uh, discussion with him. Yeah, and I, I we, we dabbled. We dipped our toe into the game. That, that's the first we've really done that. Yeah. Dipped I mean, our toe a little bit into the game, but... Um, man, I, I, look, the task was, how do we get through these last three weeks? We made it. I, I don't think we made it. I think we killed it. Well, I, I, we made it without having like dead air of like, okay, now what do we talk about? That was our concern was like, right. Not talking about the game too soon and then screwing ourselves on the back end and being like, we already talked about all this stuff. What are we now? What do we talk about? But to go from Mo Egger to the player roundtable last week, which is as good a piece of content as we've ever done. Oh, yeah. I, I Like, I, I didn't know what to expect, and I know it's unfortunate that, that you had some stuff pop up. I don't know if you had a chance to go back and listen to it. I did. It was very good. I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it was, you know, I would like to say that we know what we're doing, but I feel like we set it up, set this, this gap up pretty well. We got the... The local, you know, person that covers the team, but that is also, you know, a fan. We got, a you know, a player's reaction, not current players, but a player's reaction from many different eras to this moment in time, you know, this whole season, what it means to them, how they, you know, are reacting to it. And then we got a national perspective on the game without, you know, we're not going to get into like the nuts and bolts of matchups like we will next week, but got a national perspective on UC season, the playoff and the sport as a whole that I know, you know, our fans like to hear that as well. They like to be educated on everything, not just UC stuff. So we did it. I'm proud of us. So does that mean we take, 
take next week off? No, there's a lot of people driving to Dallas that are going to need us to put out as long a podcast <laughs> as humanly possible. Well, it's going to have to be Tuesday night while the basketball game's going on. Are you available prior? I mean, how much prior? We'll get into this offline, but possibly. All right, we can we can do well. That's kind of the interesting thing with this new format, right? I mean, do you, I don't mean to be like sadistic. No, no, like, no. I know, I know where you're going with this. I but think what it, I'm saying it, is, it might be better to do it during the basketball game. Yeah, what I'm saying <laughs> is, we we could also do it as a live reaction to what's happening in front of us. Yeah, as sure. the basketball because we're live now, it's not outdated necessarily. No. When you know if you if you're watching us live now, I know most of you are still listening to us, either watching the video on YouTube afterwards, or you're listening to the podcast form. But I think there could be some entertainment in going live and breaking down Alabama as we yeah. go through what might be the biggest mismatch I recall since like Mick was in his first two or three years coaching in the Big East. Oh, now, now Jeff is asking me if I want to come on the PTP for a mashup pod. On Tuesday? I thought they were done for the holidays. I don't, I don't know. I, he just put it in the chat. I don't they, know what they, you They what took this week is. off and said they were spending time with their families. <laughs> Maybe they already spent all the time that they needed with their families. Maybe they're sick of their families already. Hey, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I mean you and I could talk about it. I just know it's not going to be Wednesday like normal because I'll be driving, and then there's yeah, no, I'm leaving not, Wednesday night too. So like I've got radio. Gonna, we're not going to put I'm it on the day before the game, so no. it's going to have to be either Monday night or sometime on Tuesday. And you already have your podcast with Brent and Aaron on Monday night. So how about I wonder? Maybe we look into. Doing the bounce on Sunday and doing this. But I kind of like the idea of going live during the Houston game. I don't hate it. Uh, Brian asked, can we get a Bama beat writer for a crossover? Uh, I don't know. If I don't like any... doing that. We're not, we probably won't do it on the pod, but I am working with uh, one of their guys from 24 7 for an, probably like a QA type article. So that should be something that will be out there. I mean, they, they've, we've already talked to each other about it. So I would look okay. for that. So that, yeah, there is something like that in the works. That's going to be content on Bearcat journal. Um, and I don't think like, if we're watching the Houston game, I don't think it's fair to have on somebody else that has to deal with us. Like reacting no, cause what, to the, what we start at eight and the game's at eight, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, if we're going to do it, you know, break down the game while it's break down the Alabama game while the Houston game's going on, it's not fair to them if we just like interject with like a couple minutes of basketball talk and then get back on the football game. Plus, I think it'll be fun. Well, it might not be fun. It'll be fun to track whether I'm going to win or lose a bet. Yeah, but I mean, like, for people that are driving to Dallas to have to relive the Houston game. Right. That might not be fun. No, no, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not anticipating it will be. 
Yeah, that's that's it's stylistic. Like if styles make fights, this is a fight that a that a commission would be like. I don't know if we should okay this. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll see. That's why they play the game. That's right. But if you're breaking down what Houston does well and what Cincinnati does not do well, they're the same things. And that ain't that ain't. This is a team that struggles offensively, playing against an elite defense. And a team that, while they're good defensively, struggles to defensive rebound against a team that just throws it on the backboard and goes and gets it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have high hopes for for next Tuesday. No. I think they'll get Wes will get them there. They ain't there yet. Oh, it's we're we're what thirteen games into a right <laughs> a first season, like you know. We'll do some basketball here. Ten and three and out of conference. Good? Like, Are you good with that? I'm fine with it. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of what I expected. Like, I didn't. Like we didn't I, expect Illinois. No. And, but, and Monmouth jumped up and got them, which Monmouth. But I, and it, I, I kind of expected, personally, like, I didn't know it would be Monmouth or whatever. And I know the outside of the games in Kansas City, the schedule was a little bit lighter than it had been the last yeah. two years, but I just didn't see this team in a position to just roll through all of those games without a blip. Um, even, right. you know, and Monmouth is clearly better than maybe anyone expected going into the season. Um, but 10 and three to me is totally acceptable, totally, uh, believable understand like kind of best case isn't it i mean yeah they haven't won a game at xavier in 20 years so why did we think this year was going to be any different yeah you beat the good team in kansas city that going in you thought would give you the most trouble you almost beat the other good team in kansas city and then you lost a game at home to a pretty good team you know obviously Where you they're going to terribly they're going to have to win their conference, but a tournament caliber team. Yeah. Um, and you won all your other games. Like, I don't really know what else. Like, what what more did we think was going to – like, what really better outcome did we really realistically see happening? I mean, with our, like, thoughts preseason of it being, like, a 17-19 to 19 win team – they're right on pace for that. If not, maybe a game or two ahead. Yeah, I mean, I still think they're a... I mean, well, the conference is... We say this every fucking year, but, like, it's my so God, bad. is it terrible. It's so bad. And UC's... I mean, UC's going to play a part in that. Like, it's not like they're unbelievable and everybody else stinks. But, like, no team has fewer than two losses. Like, we're not... You know, we haven't even started conference play yet. And the middle bottom of the conference is already in like the, you know, four, five, six, seven losses. The teams that we thought were going to be good, or at least in the top four or five, like they're not even that good. Like Wichita State lost to North Texas the other night. Memphis lost four games in a row before they beat Alabama. Now they've had two games canceled. Like with, it's with a, Penny looking like a clown. Clown show. But I mean, it is a mess. 
Like it is absolutely unequivocally uh unless something crazy happens, a one big league this year. I think Wichita might be able to get in that large, but I mean, really? Like they're gonna have to have a really good conference schedule because nobody else in the conference who who's gonna be their big wins except for Houston. Yeah, that's the hard part. Like if I mean, they UCF don't beat Houston, is, if they don't beat Houston twice. Spot. That's the thing, though. I mean, if none of these teams have good out of conference wins, and then they just beat up on everybody in conference and lose to Houston, that to me, like that's the hard part. Like for the next two months, who are their big wins going to be against? Yeah. God, I can't wait to get out of this league. Like, I don't know. I mean, unless someone upsets Houston and does, and Houston doesn't win the league, it's hard for me to see an at-large coming out of this right now. Well, Houston's not going to go through the league undefeated, though. But that's going to hurt the other teams, too. Yeah. Unless you're the team that gets them. Yeah, but you're going to have to get them probably twice, and then and then you win the conference ch- tournament. Yeah. I mean, I know so there's crazy. a lot of games to be played, but it just there there hasn't been very many. You know, Memphis beat Alabama, but they've you know obviously they had some bad losses, and now they're having games canceled. Like, I, mean, I guess we you, just haven't seen Houston roll through the league. Like, you, UC has one of the best non-conference wins of anybody in the league, if not the best. I know Memphis. Depending on Memphis's win over Alabama, yeah. I guess. I think would be better. But, like, Houston, their two losses are to the best teams they played. Yeah. For sure. (sighs) But, you know, it doesn't – But, but, yeah, it is frustrating. But, like, it's kind of the perfect time for UC to have a first-year – Reset, yeah. I'm not going to say rebuild, but a reset. Where, like – the league kind of is down, and we can build momentum off of wins, and maybe they don't get into the tournament. But there'll be nothing wrong if they go whatever it, the number ends up being, 20 and 1 and 11, 20, 20 and 12. Like, you know, if they go 9 and 9 in the conference and then win one game in the conference tournament and lose one game. Right. And they're tw- whatever that number works out to. No one's going to be, like, mad about that. Like, I don't think – Oh, plenty will be mad about it. No one with a rational thought <laughs> process of how this shit works will be mad about that. Let me rephrase that. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, any any anything surprised you so far out of this team, or is it they're just kind no, of? No, I mean it's isn't it kind of exactly what we talked about in the preseason? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to be carried by their defense. And energy, because they're going to struggle offensively. Their depth is their strength, which isn't really a strength. strength. But, but, but a, when you but have, it's a, but it's not a weakness. They don't. Yeah, they don't have any depth. I mean, here's the be- here's the problem. I think with with everybody that's like you got to shorten the rotation. So you what have ha- what happens when those guys don't play well? Then right, you have eleven guys that are all <laughs> pretty much at about the same talent level. So yeah. David DeJulius and is probably going to be your your leading scorer. Jeremiah Davenport, when his three point shot is falling, uh, is going to be probably your second leading scorer uh, as that averages out. And then 
after that, what happens when it, it was going to be Abdullah Du that, that had a night and you well, sat him? Here's here's a perfect example. If you shorten the bench and David DeJulia scores two points against Ashland, do you lose that game? Maybe. Maybe. Now, Mikey Saunders had a huge second half, and he would be playing in that top end of the rotation anyway. Yeah. But, like, but, you know, you just don't know. Like, if you start to change things up and you play seven or eight guys instead of 11 and one of, and your main guy scores two points, does that then screw up the how you substitute your other players now? Like, is Mikey playing more minutes because you're only playing seven or eight guys and he's not as good in the second half? Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's making sense, but um, yeah, you just can't just all of a sudden stop playing guys when you're when you struggle offensively like this and think that that's gonna have them score more points. How much did you get to watch last night? Uh, not much at all. I was um actually zero. I was at the uh, UD game with my dad. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It's our annual. One one needy game a year I go to. I think AJ McGinnis has the the opportunity to be one of your favorite Bearcats of all time because he just fires as soon as he steps on the court. Zero regard for human safety and human life. Hey, like, know, know your role and lean into it, man. I think the last two games he How has can... shot the minute the ball touched his fingertips on his first offensive possession in the game. I mean, Let's I love go. it because like what what's going to happen? They're going to get mad at him. I'd look at him, I'd look at coach Moon and go, "Why am I on the team then, coach?" Right. Like this is why it's not for my defense, clearly. This is why I'm here. Like you want me to come in and hit some threes. Now some games I'm not going to hit them. But like I'm coming in ready to fire. Yeah. And he is ready to fire. I love it. Like, I love the second the ball touches his fingertips, it, there's a chance it, it's going to go up. And then, like, he had, an, like, a pass last night on a backdoor cut, Dave, that you would have, like, jumped out of your skin. So is he is he, is he a lesser version of the Kyle didn't come here to pass? Yeah. Well, but no, like, he can pass. Like, he can pass. No, but, but that's not why he... No, I, he came here to play offense. When Kyle he didn't come Washington, here to play school. He came here when, to play when offense. Kyle Washington transferred here. I just remember at first people were, you know, wondering about his his shooting, and, not, and you and I were like, he didn't come here to pass, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like I think AJ is unselfish. I just think if you give him room to squeeze from three, that some bitch is going up. It better. That's I mean, that's why you're on the floor, man. Yeah. Like, like you said, you're not. He's not on the floor for defense. He's there to get shots. Like, so if you're going to play three or four minutes and not get shots up, then then why are you playing him? Jeff said the backdoor pass looked iffy at first. Wes in the post game was like, I when he threw that pass, I was like, well, what are you doing? Who did he throw it to? <laughs> uh, Koval, I think. Okay. And it was it was part of their motion offense, and the action was designed for something else, but was one of those like. Wes said they've been working on it in practice that, like, here's a backdoor option off of the main action. Yeah. And nobody threw, nobody has thrown the backdoor option off of that set since they've been running it. We usually which, never, you probably never get to it. No, they just don't, 
have the faith in their ability to pass to throw it. <laughs> this is not a good passing team. No, well. Like, watch them try to throw an entry. This is not a good passing team. But, like, let's not fool ourselves there. Well, we're used to that. That's yeah. nothing new. But McGinnis just confidently was like, bang, hit him right in the hands, laid it up. was like, okay. He had a pump fake. Like, he, he was getting dudes jumping out of their shoes on his pump fake. Because the scouting report on A.J. McGinnis is already in. Close out hard because <laughs> he's going to yeah. let it fly. But, Good. yeah. On a, on a I, team that can't really shoot, I'm fine with it. Right. I love it. I love the. I love irrational confidence at times, especially for a guy that like you don't need to warm up when you like. His mental belief is you don't need to warm up when you're always hot. No. <laughs> I love it. Um, you want to get into this whole forfeit thing? I mean, it's pretty ridiculous, but. Look, here's the thing that I'm curious about with that. There's not a – if it gets pushed back, it gets pushed back. Yeah, I don't like, understand what the – like, why – like, you're playing in, like, an, an NFL stadium, so I don't know if maybe they're – but – there's it's the end Find of the somewhere, regu- somewhere else will host it. Right. Like, I don't I just don't understand why your your protocol is but we're just good. we'll just cancel this like we'll just cancel. Like we'll just yeah, just we'll just forfeit. And the, the, there's a team that might win the national championship without playing a game. That would be very 2021 oh, football it? season. Wouldn't it? Cincinnati <laughs> wins if the you national championship involved, play I would be I would be rooting very hard for that outcome. You're not rooting hard for that outcome with UC raising no, am, a national but, title. No, I am, but because <laughs> then you hear the how then work you'd hear all the you know then you have the nonsense. Well, they didn't play anybody, so oh. you know. But no, it's it's it, but it fits perfectly with the sport, right? And and the way that they handle things, like yeah, if you know, we're not gonna I'm not, we're not gonna pretend to be doctors or have any idea what the hell is going on, but like. The stuff like passes through you. You don't have it forever. So like, if it runs through your team or something, like you couldn't just play in like ten days. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that at all. Like you're I already practicing for the game. Like it's not like you're bringing teams back that haven't practiced in three weeks to try to get ready for a game. Like, so you just keep practicing, or you take a few days off because your team has COVID or whatever. Like, and then you start practicing again. I I don't understand. And Chad's gone. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know where he went, but he told me to keep talking. So but yeah, Jeff Jeff mentioned putting the teams in a bubble. I, I mean, they've done that for how many other sports? If they were that concerned about it, why didn't they just say, All right, all four teams come to Dallas right now and you're you're quarantined basically in your hotel rooms. Or your ho- your team hotels until until the game starts. You can leave to go practice or whatever, but like, why are why are we doing this whole song and dance of we're going to cancel when we could very easily just say like come to Dallas, we'll figure it out, or come to you know two teams go to Dallas, two teams go to Miami, right? 
and we'll play when we're good. We're good to play. Yeah, I mean, like at at this point, like you see practice this morning. Now the players have off the rest of today, tomorrow, and Christmas Eve, and then they report back sometime on Christmas Day. And the tentative plan was to leave on the twenty sixth. Uh, they might leave the 29th. Part of this is the teams now have the op- option to stay in their situations until the 29th, which if I'm given that option, I'm doing that. Because um, I have all of my stuff here. I don't have to – we don't have to go find a place to practice. We don't have to have – like we're, we're kind of still insulated here. The rest of the student body isn't on campus. You know, there's, it, should be, it would be like a regular road game. You would go in, and, and it would suck because you wouldn't. The Cotton Bowl has an insane bowl experience for the players. And I guess you would get it a little bit. You'd still have the 29th and the 30th. Um, You'd still get the uh, the hospitality room, right? I mean, yeah, you're still getting the gift suite. I mean, they're not <laughs> they're not, right. not getting that, but um, but yeah, I mean, if if that's me, I'm keeping all my guys here where I have my medical staff, where they have their door, their apartments, their, you know, and you can handle them returning from Christmas in a much more controlled fashion. Yeah. Instead of putting them on a plane and putting them on buses and all that good stuff. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, we, I don't think anybody's going to make a statement on that until it's the 26th and they either leave or they don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until we get an email like uh, practice is open uh, on the 27th. <laughs> well, I certainly wouldn't think that if you're going to stay, then you would then open practice. Well, I mean, to us, like to the 10 of us that show up. Oh, I still wouldn't let you sleaze balls in either. <laughs> if my season got derailed because... We stayed two extra days because and of a- Justin Williams gave the team COVID. Uh, he's not the one I would be worried about. <laughs> Neither are you. Worried- okay, I was going to say, how are you worried about me? No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm just I'm just saying, like, I'm not letting anybody in if we're sticking around. Like, <laughs> we're locking this thing down. That's the whole point of not leaving. I th- still think they should let me in. I think they should let. But yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, I I think it. You know, I could be totally wrong, but the way Lucas kind of handled all of this, I think he'll just keep whatever plan he had, and they'll just stick to it. Probably, I mean, that's typically how he operates, right? Yeah, I mean, it's he, he it's comes been up with thought it's been thought out. Let's just stick to that because I think you want your players. You want your players' minds at ease and not like, not then spring on them a couple of days later, like, okay, now we're going to totally change this. We're going to stay. This is now when we're leaving. This is what we're doing. Like, you just, you know, and you would, you, you just, you have to have confidence in the, the team, the coaches, the older players that while it's clearly a general population issue, that, they just realized, you know, and, and you could do everything right and still get COVID. I mean, we, we've known that for two years. But, 
you know, whether they let them go home, which I think they should because, it, you know, they're college players. I don't think they should just make them sit in their apartments during Christmas. Um, they're not solely here right. for your entertainment. Exactly. Like, they want to win this game way more than any of us want them to win this game. It's not like they're going to go home and go out with their boys until 3 o'clock in the morning on, you know, the 23rd and, you know, run that risk. I find that very, very hard to believe that the vast, vast majority, especially the older guys, aren't going to just sleep and play video games if that's what they do and put their feet up and relax and enjoy time with their family knowing that we've still got business to take care of. Right. This is not like, I think people freaked out about the Texas A&M thing that they're just, it's just a totally different dynamic that we're not frankly used to, even as fans. Like this is not just another fucking bowl game. Like, right. They are not like, <laughs> this is not well, like, a, like, and if you think about it with UC, like these guys all like the leadership of this team came back. To do to do this for this for this day specifically, right? You think they're gonna screw? They're gonna be the ones to screw that up? I have. Now they can't control who come. Like you know, uncles or aunts come over and they don't know they have it. And they, I mean, that's out. That's out of anybody's control. Like that's a blameless thing. Like right, you know. But there, it is. You know, it's important. But they're still college kids, and they deserve to be college kids. And be with their families and you know yes it's a risk but it'd be a risk if they stayed on campus and went to chipotle for lunch i mean you just don't have any freaking clue how this stuff happens it's a virus like yeah. it's just we've, it's how it works i don't have a whole lot else to you no because i don't I mean we're going to talk plenty next week about the actual game um there's not really any transfer things that we can talk about nothing's been made public no one they're not recruiting anybody that we know of daring henry not a target for uc i can after doing some research <laughs> i was i was pretty confident in that statement when he hit the portal uh it's pretty definitive now i don't think that's somebody they're going to look at i think uh, he would love to come to uc uh, but I don't think that's happening. They, uh, they, they had some interest in an Ohio state transfer, but he just committed to Texas. Texas. So that one's not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's definitely things going on behind the scenes, um, as you would expect, but nothing to the point of talking about, um, you know, I think just like in high school recruiting, due, due diligence is done. On pretty maybe much even, everybody. Maybe even more so with transfers because you have. Yeah. You have a lip. Now you have like a. You, you personally, as in the transfer, have a track record now. Even away from were you productive or not productive, you have a year, two years, three years of now 
other coaches knowing who you are as a dude. And don't think for one second coaches – They all talk, man. Even though there's the kids transferring out of one school and looking to go to another, don't think for one second a possibly interested coach is not calling that school and being like, "Um, this kid reached out. Like, should we bother? You know, don't – you got to be careful there because there are there will be some sour grapes. Oh, uh, depending so you, on the but depending on the type of depending on the player though. I mean, yeah. if the player was really good and he's leaving, yeah, I could totally see why there would be sour grapes. But if it's like if he didn't really do much or he hadn't gotten the opportunity to do much yet, they could say, yeah, I mean, he's a great kid. We just couldn't get him on the field. We have a lot of talent here. Or, yeah, he's kind of a shitbag. And that had a lot to do with <laughs> right. why he wasn't getting on the field. So <laughs> <laughs> We weren't trying to get it. We weren't actively in, uh, in the process of finding him playing time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, you know, it, cut, it cuts both ways. Yeah. I feel you there for sure. All right, well. Congratulations on us getting through this three weeks. Thanks. You were worried. You were concerned. You were concerned. (coughs) Well, you weren't concerned. You were just like, look, I'm not talking about Alabama for three, for a month. We're not doing four podcasts on Alabama. Because, you know, honestly, like, in my opinion, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. So like we'll get into it next week, but like we'll deep dive it, but it's there's not a lot to there's no breaking news <laughs> in breaking down Alabama. No. It's so pretty, it's pretty it's a pretty simple eval of what needs to happen. Now, can that happen is another story right. in and of itself. Right. So we'll do that at some point early next week. By yeah. Tuesday night, that'll be done. I kind of like the idea of going live during Houston, but I think Jeff, are you guys for sure going next week on Tuesday night? If Jeff's still here, Jeff, if you don't know, Jeffrey Howell Jr. is one of the, uh, well, Aaron's here. I didn't know you look, you look terrible. Uh, I feel fine. Why? Um, Your your picture. Yes, must be that internet connection. It it's been rough out here as of the last <laughs> couple days. Man, we had a we had a fight with it last night. Um, I know that we're planning on leaving Tuesday night, um, but it's kind of up in the air depending on what time we leave. We've talked about leaving um, as late as like eleven, twelve o'clock. So uh, with having to go south anyway, my mom being in Mainville, me being downtown, she could potentially swing by and just grab me on the way out. So we'll see. All right. I just don't want to have two live shows going at the same time. Yeah, that'd be weird. Um, I'll get then a we can see who's, But then we can see who's more popular, and it's like a battle <laughs> to the death. They don't I'll, want that smoke. I'll, I'll, have a, uh, I'll have a definitive <laughs> answer by tomorrow. All right. We'll figure something out. If we have to maybe, if you guys go at 9.15, maybe we go at 7, 7.30 and get done before you guys get started. And Aaron's and just way, doing four hours of podcast Tuesday night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is what I signed up for. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, so if we, you know, we got to get them their six hours 
of BCJ podcast content for drive, the drive, drive, drive time yeah. for the drive to Dallas. Absolutely. <laughs> God, I, feel ba- absolutely I feel bad for those spouses or children. You know what, dude? It's it's actually but, funny, Dave. But just have to listen to our nasty ass coughing voices and incoherent rambling. And I've met probably ten significant others this season that I've actually spoken to about like being held hostage by our podcast content at, at Bearcat Journal. <laughs> I'm sure they love us. Oh, they're like, well, there's a couple of them that do. There's a couple others that are like, are you listening to that again? Didn't you already listen to this podcast? Uh, one was like, you know, when we first moved in here, the dogs were very loud. Yeah. Uh, she was like, are you the one with the dogs? And I was like, yeah. yeah that's me. <laughs> so there is, uh, as you would expect, there are a lot of significant others that are forced to deal with us. Oh yeah. And they're going to uh, have to do this on like a 14 hour drive. I felt <laughs> I'm apologizing ahead of time, ladies or, or gentlemen, if your wife listens to the show and you're, you know, the same, we, we, we have a much larger female fan base than I ever imagined. I am all for it. I am too. Like the, the there's a, the pretty good chunk of, of women in the Bearcat fan base that are becoming more and more uh, active as supporters. And that means listening to us. So welcome. We're not, we're, our manners aren't good. And we're, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we cuss a lot. Our manners aren't good. We're kind of unkempt. We try to have great guests <laughs> so that at least the first hour of this podcast was uh, entertaining, was enjoyable and entertaining. Dan Wetzel's cool. That, that's just a cool dude. Oh, like a yeah. Here's the thing that I like. We've talked about this before. The thing that always bothered me about the national guys is that they all seemed miserable. Like, they, you know, like they hate their job covering sports. Well, that's because some of them do really seem to feel that way. I could think yeah. of one that works for USA Today right off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Wetzel is the exact opposite of that. Yeah, because he like, doesn't because he he doesn't take it serious. I mean, it's serious. He's written he's written some very oh, serious things. Yeah. Um, but at the core, he realizes it's football and yeah. fandom and crazy stories like the pole assassin and not being afraid to talk about that because everybody else is talking about it and it's funny and. You know, we don't need to pretend that this is something that it's not. This is college football. Have some fun with it. Why so serious? All right, let's get out of here. Let's call it a night. Let's wrap up the the pre-Alabama prep portion of the lead-up to bowl season because you get Christmas Eve Eve tomorrow. Busiest That's shopping a, day of the year. Is that a thing? No. Busiest shopping day of the year. That's what it is. I don't know oh. if it's a thing, but it's oh, okay. it's the eve before Christmas Eve. Like, if you're shopping tomorrow, are you? what is the rest of your life like? Oh, Dave. Like, this, I mean, I'm the wrong person to ask this. I'm like, oh, like, organize, like, 
we finished up a couple things today. Um, got my dad a couple things. But um, you know, there's people like they're going out, like they're like, "Oh shit, Christmas is Saturday. I better go get stuff tomorrow." Like, who lives their life like that? Like, how do you so, how do you function on a daily basis? <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second. Aaron, can you pull up uh, the Ray Ban glasses with the camera in them? Well, Jeff just chimed in. He'll be looking for specific things tomorrow. Well, good luck with that, I hope, Jeff. I hope they have them, Jeff. <laughs> well, I was, uh, at, I was at FedEx today for work, sending some stuff. And there were people shipping things going, yeah, I need it to get there by Christmas Eve. And they're like, that'll be $111. And I'm like, you just bought a very expensive puzzle for a six-year-old. <laughs> right. Like, what, what are you doing? doing? Like, you just think you're going to stroll into FedEx on the 22nd and be like, oh, yeah, I just need it there by Christmas Eve and pay like $9.99 for ground. So I've, I've been wanting to get Kelly a nice pair of sunglasses. She's she's huge on sunglasses. That's Tell her I am, too. That's something we definitely have in common. So She'll I, be I mad didn't... to hear that I used to get them for free. used to get Maui gyms for free when I worked the golf tournaments. So I, I, I wasn't going to buy her sunglasses without her there. Like, that's just something I like. No. Yeah. You got to like try them on and make sure that sunglasses are a very right. Thing, yeah, absolutely. Right? So we were, uh, we were looking at sunglasses and right as we're getting ready to check out, I see this tower of sun, like they're called Ray-Ban stories. And you know what those things are right there? What are they like you? It's a camera. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. So like, what do you do with it? Uh, it records up to 30 seconds of video and it takes pictures and it posts them directly to social media. What? I don't yeah. want, I don't want people on social media seeing what I'm looking at. Well, but for me, like <laughs> at a game or at a practice or like, it's a pretty interesting way. I think that we could we could up the content game here at Bearcat Journal. So, what's, but what's the difference in me or you taking a video with our phone and sending a tweet versus that? Because I got to get in my pocket and like this is something like practice. We're not allowed to do anything live, right? That's I mean that's the other part of it. So, so obviously like, it like records it, sends it to the cloud, and then when I get home, I'm allowed to post stuff. Oh well, yeah. So, so maybe there's a part of practice that we're allowed to video that I can get, you know, like those, those, the, the camp sessions where it was sauce and AP out yeah. Pierce. And maybe I can get a couple of those, those plays. So on did my... you get these for yourself or for her? No, for me. Well, what the hell does that have to do with her liking sunglasses? Well, I got half off of her sunglasses because I bought these for me. Oh, you didn't give, you didn't I was getting part. to that. I was getting to that. <laughs> The, the sales lady did a great job. I was like, clearly, Wait. you bought a pair of sunglasses that that you could use your phone for. It's a it's a great, great thing. But <laughs> yeah, but now I can just do, do it. While do you even wear are. sunglasses? No, I hate sunglasses. <laughs> it's, it's even better. <laughs> you bought a you bought a pair of Ray Bans that you'll probably never never wear. I actually, I, have, I, I actually no these. What's that, Aaron? I have no words if for you, that last see, like, comment. If you, were, if you were a good boss, you would know that like, legitimately every time you see me outside, whether it's sunny or not, I'm wearing sunglasses. That's so how Kelly is. So you should have thought, man, 
this would be a great Christmas present for Dave. He can go to higher ground. Would you hate a- social media? No, I don't hate social media. I run the Bearcat Twitter. I know, but you hate like, like putting like your own con- like video and picture content on social media. It just sounds like more work for me. Yeah, Aaron's this is probably going to be more work for Aaron. End up sunglasses <laughs> and be told like, I need you to go to this high school game and like film the entire thing. And no, go Aaron's find, go find Aaron's, cool stuff. Aaron's going to end up getting access to the cloud that all this video comes to. Great. So while I'm at practice, I'm going to be like Aaron. I'm going to need you to go through this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to get that the ass end of the work of these sunglasses. Have to delete half the videos because of the conversation. Seems, that he's seems like with a Justin very Williams. seems like a very rational and thought out purchase by you. Good lord! I got I got half off of the Christmas present glasses I bought for Kelly. Or you could and... have just bought her glasses, and they it still would have been less than buying one and a half pairs of glasses. And the Christmas present glasses I got for Kelsey. Mm-hmm. They weren't three twenty nine. They were cheaper. So I'm I'm guessing you still could have gotten them. <laughs> and these are Kelsey's glasses that she. Oh, fantastic! What kind are those? Those are kids' junior glasses. They're Vogue. Oh, okay. Glasses. Is that like a Ray Ban kids, or is it just a kids it's brand? Like I guess it's just a kids brand. I don't know. I got. It's you. not a kids brand. It was a junior. It was a junior oh, brand, not kids. My, my, ba- my bad, Kelsey. Collection. The junior collection. Oh, okay. It's funny. Here, would you like? To, would you like the mic? Fun. You can. The junior collection. Don't you have some? Vo- don't you have some volley- volleyball videos to go watch or something? It's just funny that Chad gave her an inch yesterday, and now she's taking a mile. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Chad, the the proud owner of a <laughs> pair of sunglasses with a camera in them that he'll probably never wear. We've lost Actually, all of our listeners. So, so here's the problem with with sunglasses. I have a giant face. So I like sunglasses. Like I always feel like I'm like like stretching them out. So then, why push. did you buy a pair of sunglasses? these fit? These fit better than any sunglasses I've ever tried on. <laughs> so it's like not only do they fit, but I can work while I have these on. Oh man! And they can like the 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 Bearcat Journal community can actually get a bird's eye view of what I'm seeing. But if it's like practice, you can't upload that anyway. There's some of it I can, you just can't do it live. Oh man, I just I I'm confused. I don't see, <laughs> I don't know what the difference is of taking a video on your phone and then tweeting that out later. If it's the same thing, isn't it? Uh, Kelsey, there's only nine people watching this because this is not nearly as interesting as it should be. <laughs> there there was a lot more people watching earlier when we were interesting, and now we're talking about me buying sunglasses that I'm not going to wear. So when you, you you can regift oh, those to me you next. Just said you were gonna wear them to practice. You can regift those to me next year. It'll be fun. <laughs> okay, well everybody's here about me and my sunglasses. Oh, Kelsey says all nine people are here for her and her sunglasses. Yes, no, yes, no. Kelsey, that's exactly correct. Her her Vogue Juniors Junior Collection. I think it's time to tell us. And her Rolling Stone uh, shirt. You and me yeah. both. Let's get out of here. <laughs> This is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast. Thank you to Dan Wetzel a million times over at Dan Wetzel, yahoo.com, college football inquire podcast. 
We'll see you uh, some point in time early next week to preview Alabama. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Ho, ho, ho.